Hey everyone, welcome to the Incubator Podcast. I'm your co-host, Aaron Boyd. And this is Sabir Saran. And today, once again, we are joined uh, by Theom's, uh, Theom's uh, CEO and founder, Navindra Yadav. And Navindra is here today to talk about let's the data economy, if you will. In the domain of data security posture management, how is the data economy uh, impacted? How do we employ data governance? How does that governance and management translate into securing that data? And so we're going to dive right into these topics. Uh, before we do, Navindra, any words uh, you'd like to share about yourself before we go into, into this topic? Please feel free to expand on the topic uh, just from where I teed it up. Sure, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast again. Really a pleasure and an honor uh, to be talking to both of you again and uh, to your listeners. Uh, so I'm Navendra Yadav, uh, CEO and co-founder of Theom. Uh, your question was, what about data economy? So this is a fascinating world where, if I just dial back uh, a few years uh, back, there were typically people used to think of data lakes and data warehouses as one place where you go dump your data, do queries against it and get some results back and then start serving uh, your user base or whoever your customer was uh, from uh, that point. But now the data world has evolved into places where once you load your data into a uh, platform like Snowflake or Databricks, you can now start connecting right from inside your warehouse or data lake or if essentially they call it data clouds uh, with other consumers and producers of data and these consumers and producers of data may not even be inside your organization they may be external they may be internal inside your organization and there's this whole concept of data meshes that have been created but all that communication sharing of data happens inside the larger data cloud rather than even coming out of the data cloud and it's a fascinating new world a lot of new synergies being developed uh, that we, uh, we see customers in the financial space uh, healthcare space where they're actually uh, trading or uh, sharing data with their vendors and partners downstream as well as partners upstream including uh, companies like Disney. If you actually look at Disney and how Disney is using uh, Snowflake, you'll see these fascinating examples of what their SVPs are talking about, how they uh, move data around. But it's fascinating. So I am kind of mind boggled by that, if I may use that ter term here, Navindra, because you know there's so many implications when you talk about uh, this kind of uh, data economy, data mesh, and the concept of sharing data that we may not even be aware of that is happening uh, directly, indirectly on the back end. And so this raises various implications of what is happening to my data. Am I right? And, and how not only am I permitting that, whether consciously, I don't know if I may use it consciously or you know subconsciously, whatever is happening behind the scenes. So, so what does that mean? Like, um, it, how is that happening out there, Navinder? Because people think that hey, I control my data. I'm putting it into this data lake or this data warehouse, and it is in within my four walls, if you will. But there exists this second economy or this other external data economy. How is that manifesting its itself? How do I get wrap my head around that in terms of implications from a security standpoint? Absolutely, fantastic question again. Uh, I think so. If I may share my screen, I'll just show you one view of how we typically see uh, 
uh, view this land exactly like you mentioned. We typically think of uh, the data clouds as something that's set at the end of as a resource or an asset. Uh, on the right, and then they're protected by various layers, and this is a very simplified diagram. Uh, various uh, layers, uh, there are company devices, we've got EDRs and other uh, technologies that are watching those points of view, uh, presence. Then we've got some firewalling solution, we may have some CASB solution which sits inside the same layer or ZTNA and so on and so forth, which actually go protect the cloud resources or BI tools uh, and so on and so forth. And these resources typically access uh, the data uh, clouds and our belief as security practitioners is that's it it's uh, anything that goes in and out of that will go through these check choke points so we'll be able to figure out if data is actually leaving my environment and so on and so forth but not so true or accurate any longer because all of these uh, uh, environments are big large environments by themselves and i'll give a simple example uh, a line of business inside your company may turn around and say, okay, this is a data product that I'm monetizing. I'm going to monetize and I publish it inside the data mart of Snowflake or data mart of uh, Databricks and let some downstream consumer consume this. Uh, and that consumer, this data that I'm uh, producing, the, uh, because I'm monetizing it, most likely this customer is or the uh, consumer is outside. Now, as security professionals, how do we even know the right data is getting shared out or the right controls have been uh, put inside? If I take look at that Snowflake or Databricks, it really opens up into this large, uh, larger environment of data actually getting shared. Uh, lines of businesses turn around, share data inside with other lines of businesses uh, and so that they can actually enrich their data. Uh, so, Navindra, if you hold on just one second there, you talked about this exchange that's happening. So... Um... So let me play this out um, just to make sure my simplistic mind understands this. So while I'm thinking that my exchange is coming in through the front door, when I am a Snowflake, Databricks, as an example, uh, user, and some of my business partners, whether they're customers or uh, other, again, business entities that I'm ex exchanging information, they're not necessarily coming in through the front door, but if you will, the back door, which exists in the Snowflake, Databricks, whatever universe of data lakes and data warehouses that exist out there. So there's this um, in exchange through this concept of a data mesh that's happening, and we need to be aware of that. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And as you see in this figure, there's something called a Snowflake Marketplace. In this case, there's uh, something like a Unity Catalog in uh, case of uh, um, Databricks. Similar concepts. So think of it as a data mart. Uh, lines of businesses or whoever owns the data, they typically uh, the data owner uh, can publish a, a version of their of the same uh, data, publish it out into this marketplace. And depending upon the controls that they've set, this marketplace can act exchange data outside uh, to providers or consumers outside as well as consume data from people outside your company uh, in or even inside the same uh, product so you, here you for example see uh, something like a data product uh, is being offered by one business unit the, another one is actually another line of business is actually sending its own data there it gets joined you get better uh, things so the whole idea with this whole data meshes uh, is you can exchange information single copy of data uh, there's one owner of the data who actually knows the data is clean and fresh and things, and they're responsible for maintaining the data, but data gets exchanged all around the place. And this data is not coming out of the platform to, uh, to the traditional control points that the security people uh, watch. And that's the big uh, 
uh, thing for so your governance and the uh, message is your governance if i'm a data governance person or data access governance person i should be watching and doing all these functions inside snowflake or inside data breaks to get the right controls place so that i know what data so visibility has to be inside these platforms wow so how do we actually get that visibility navindra right um i think that's where folks are grappling with um these days is not only you know, there's the one concept was the traditional IAM access of things, um, cloud entitlements, if you will. The other is, it, and that t maybe takes you down to your data store level. But what you're saying is that's not enough. We need to get much more granular, not only from your internal side of things, but on the back side of things. So how how do you how do you get your head around that data file? Um, aspect and how do you actually then start to monitor or secure that to ensure how that data is traversing? Absolutely. Great questions again. Uh, maybe I'll start with a bit of an evolution. Uh -huh. Earlier days before all of these data measures and things or data clouds really became uh, popular uh, was like if I secure my application and my compute infrastructure, my IAS layer or um, uh, do AppSec, I'm actually sufficiently pr protected because I can see the exchange of data. So that was uh, step zero, if you will. Uh, then people evolved into the state, like if I take small snapshots of the data and uh, uh, classify it and do all of that thing, I'll get good data governance uh, in this, or I'll get good data discovery because I'll get a sense of uh, where, what type of data is there, where's my sensitive data and so on and so forth. So they started off with the snapshotting uh, to tools where snapshots take data out of the environment and try to uh, snapshot it. That solution only works to some extent. Then there were these uh, proxy-based solutions which sat in front of the warehouse or uh, the, uh, the data store and said, okay, we'll be this proxy. Every query that goes in and out of the database and these solutions were more popular with uh, databases. Uh, you go through the proxy and proxy can actually look at what type of query are you pushing into the system and so on and so forth. And are you even allowed to do this query? So they were trying to build uh, data access governance and data governance by inserting a proxy layer. What's the challenge with the proxy layer is scale. It doesn't really scale because now if you look at the environment like this, and if you have a proxy in front of it, all application traffic has to pass through it. Even my providers have to go through it and so on and so forth. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't scale with the infrastructure. These are humongous, massively scaled uh, systems. That's what really Snowflake, Databricks, and so on and so forth are known for. So the... Uh, uh, approach that we have taken as well as the bleeding, the solution that works is run inside this environment. All your uh, delivery of uh, uh, data access governance runs natively as part of Snowflake, natively as part of uh, Databricks so that you could see what's actually happening. First of all, you can classify the data where the data sits. There's no snapshotting, no, uh, um, uh, uh, no snapshots that need to be taken now. There's no sampling that needs to be done. You really see the data where it is and you're not making copies of the data and so on and so forth. The next step is you see every access that's actually happening to the data. You can actually look at the system itself. System tells you that and then you can apply the good governance principles on top of it so that you can drive governance inside. And this natively works and you work with the marketplaces and so on and so forth. So you see things in real time. You could also take it a step further in these architectures. You can detect attacks. So one is governance. Governance is, okay, are we following the policy that we're supposed to be doing? So those are governance rules. Are we putting the regulatory frameworks 
complying with that. The next thing uh, in this environment is, is someone attacking your data? That's another thing that you can go discover and detect and stop if you're running with the data stores. You know, that's, so Navindra, when we consider data as a product, and now we're talking about some of the complexities and, and we're addressing where do you secure? And it's, it's not enough to be proxy. It's not enough to be agent-based. You have to be part of the system. Uh, totally get that. Um, we're talking about how you secure, which is also extremely important. Um, although it's, it's still, I, I think the idea of March, the idea of, of making self-service and, and being able to enable some of these exchanges is, is also a very interesting concept. Um, but the other question is, who is responsible or who do you find is most engaged when it comes to um, bringing something like a theom into into their their world? Um, who do you find is 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 the appropriate person to start with? Is it now the product owner who is trying to create this this interconnectedness? Uh, is it the security practitioner who who's really tasked with with still safeguarding um, some of this um, you know data in in the environment? Um, or is it a combination? Where do you find purchase? Uh, in terms of who's championing something like Theom? So this is completely a new space that's forming up. So the answer depends. It depends on the organization to organization. But I'll give you general patterns that we're observing. Uh, the most common pattern is if you talk to the buying center that bought Databricks, Snowflake, these type of products, uh, or uh, AWS Redshift and so on and so forth, the, if you've, uh, or Azure Synapse and things. So if, depending upon who bought it, those uh, people tend to understand this problem really well, and they're the ones struggling with this problem. So people who do data governance or data access governance right away get the problem and say, okay, that's the problem, that's the solution that I want, and I need a solution that really simplifies things. But there's also uh, something that you touched on. Uh, of, often the security guys are also stakeholders inside this conversation. So what we typically have in some of, uh, some of our deals, what we've, uh, which we've closed, we've seen the budget came from the security side of the house, uh, but, uh, but the operators are the data uh, people, the data ops people land up operating and operationalizing the product and taking it uh, further because they're the ones who understand the space. But uh, there's a dual outcome that goes. One outcome goes to the security uh, center so that they can actually see the data isn't getting attacked. So the security operation center and so on and so forth can get engaged with the product. Then there's a governance side, which also uses the same products to see that their governance requirements are getting applied. So for example, if I uh, take uh, this example of, uh, um, and I show the same thing because I was showing it with uh, Snowflake, take Databricks, for example, uh, think governance people may say that uh, my product, my data product, uh, which has been published on the Unity catalog can be shared by external customers. That's perfectly okay uh, for an external customer to look at it. But the customer has to be in this geo or has to be someone that we have approved uh, that this is the only customer and they should only be looking at this kind of data uh, type thing. So that's another control that the governance people would uh, want to ensure that this gets applied. So that goes into this field of data access governance. Uh, and data governance by itself looks at lineage, looks at uh, whether the uh, right schemas are being followed. Uh, is uh, There's a master, uh, there's an MDM system, are we in compliance with the MDM system, reports getting generated, all of that stuff. Um, access governance takes it a step further. Are the right people accessing the data? 
do we have are we over provisioned in terms of access that's another problem that customers look at a lot uh, are we over provisioned they want uh, provisions to be dynamically met secondly are the people that are provisioned to look at this data using the data correctly or uh, are they abusing the data so uh, things like that that's really what people start looking for by the way when i showed data bricks the same concept applies exactly with the uh, snowflake and these are figures from their own uh, websites yeah, and, and even on those some of those subjects, we we talk about lineage, provenance, data provenance is important to folks, um, and and now you come to something like Theome where controls can now follow the data. You have proof of action. Uh, these are all important things from a governance perspective, particularly as you said, this is a this is a, a, a nascent field. It's a growing field, and we can imagine the concerns that are going to come out of this. And so, having a solution like Theome, I imagine with that proof of action. Um, with their DLT uh, technology as a back end is going to be so important from a governance perspective. Um, I imagine you 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 hold some uh, a similar idea with that. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's really what customers need: provability. They need simplicity of consumption uh, of the product. And if uh, auditors actually ask, I was recently with a, a particular uh, customer that uh, we just onboarded. Uh, thing. With them, uh, the use case is very simple. I've got these uh, medical records that I have. Uh, they're from the healthcare space. Uh, I've got these medical records. The, these records are loaded it into uh, Snowflake. I need to ensure no one is accessing it uh, from inside the company, except for this particular use case. That's the only access that should be there. There's a governance rule, and they need to prove this to the auditors, and this data has to be stored for seven years or 10 years. There's a legal hold uh, type of situation there that they need to keep the uh, data. They cannot be uh, deleted, but there's only certain use cases that uh, for which the data can be used and nothing else. And uh, when people are accessing the data, they should only be, for those use cases, certain columns that should get accessed and uh, other columns should always be masked. Uh, it's a pretty sophisticated use case uh, thing and uh, class and proof, keep this proof with you. And that's where all this uh, DLT technology comes in. You bring in the DLT technology so that the provability is there so that when they get audited uh, or they have to show this every year to their auditors, downstream customers, because they're holding their customers' data, there's a lot of uh, sensitive information inside it. They can prove it with confidence and they're not using just one human or one system that they always keep locked down. Now they're consolidating all of these different stores into uh, um, uh, a data cloud. And, and I guess a, a natural question that comes out of this for me is how easy is it in Theom to model some of the business use cases? So if, if a new potential arises or a new use case arises, how easy is it to go in and model and say, great, now I can demonstrate that you are doing exactly what you said. Um, I can demonstrate all of the security controls around this. And, and then who would do that? Do you find that you have maybe a, a product owner that is going in and modeling this and then it's verified by the security team? Does the security team partner up and say, great, I'm using Theome. I will, I will marry um, uh, the security aspects to your business use case. In, in practicality, how does that work out? So what we are seeing uh, is there's a data access uh, governance team or a data governance team. So usually data access governance, uh, what we've observed, sits very close with the data governance team or under it or with it, uh, I think. So they know for this particular use case, these are the rules uh, that need to be followed. These are the compliance things, uh, regulations that need to be followed. So they take the base compliance 
requirements which come as part of the um built in they go say okay i'll pick from that particular regulation and on top of that what i'm going to do is put these con constraints example that i just gave there are certain fields that should only be accessed nothing else should be accessed and only these roles should access and whenever it gets accessed i need a record being created in some, some immutable system so that we can prove after the fact so they'll create these uh, rules or these ground rules uh, define the rules uh, on top of theom and after that they'll uh, pass it on to the product owners and say uh, you're the product owners make sure this keeps running and what we want to see from you is a report that comes back to our team so that we can uh, show the auditors and compliance so there's a relationship between both teams because the product owners are the data owners so the, they take over the, and this usually comes as a centralized function uh, product owners own the data they're the lines of the businesses they take the uh, governance controls in uh, have provability back in fact they don't even have to publish a dashboard theom itself uh, creates the dashboard for uh, uh, the uh, governance team so that the governance teams know that things are in order so yeah. it's collaborative and security also has a stake uh, in this whole thing because they're looking from an attack and uh, abuse data abuse point of view that uh, the right controls have been uh, applied so they can see and the product owners now can run as fast as they want with their data and sharing till they're following the business uh, rules uh, security rules and the governance rules so, uh, things so navindra um i think um you you're describing how you know the left hand should be talking to the right hand in an organization where you have the governance aspects of things, the compliance folks, then you have the security guys as well. Um, but how do we ensure that um, you know both both folks are talking to each other? Uh, if if I go back, you know, I, I was at FSI SAC last week or two, and I think this was really evident. Where even though it's a security conference, and um, you could take that hard approach of securing your data and who has access to it. But I feel like there was a larger theme coming from the compliance side of the things. So um, how do we bring it together in, in these conversations? Uh, where does this all start to build this end-to-end -end story? Because I feel if we talk to, to security, it really we might just stop right at, hey, I will take it to entitlements of the data. I'll say that this is where my data is and it's secure. But in reality... What you just described, it, not only from the mesh and overall data economy side of things is, yeah, provability, auditability has to be way further entrenched and extensible to prove out. So how do we bring this, these two sides together in, in, in a practical way? Um, Absolutely. And that's really a journey that we're also seeing our customers evolve through because uh, first step, they all start off with the uh, baby steps or initial steps. You have to uh, crawl before you start walking, before you start running and so on and so forth. That's exactly what happens here too. First step is turn the lights on for at least people outside the data space turn the light on and tell them what's actually happening in this environment, this kind of diagrams, uh, things. And that's classify your data, catalog your data. All of that is uh, table stakes. Understand what's actually happening, what type of data is sensitive and so on and so forth. Find find relationships. Where is data actually getting exchanged and shared with? 
find these kind of arrows and so on and so forth so that people get a better sense of what's happening in that. That's usually step one uh, for people giving that kind of visibility. Uh, there's also in all these platforms, they keep changing as in uh, the usage of the platform changes. A new warehouse gets published inside or a new uh, data store gets published. So you, the system has to be constantly evolving and uh, constantly feeding out reports. So, uh, then, okay, uh, people then create rules, uh, and that's really as the maturity of the organization grows, they'll create their governance rules. Most organizations who adopt a platform like Snowflake or Databricks usually have a data team that generally follows these principles or generally things. So what we've seen is bring the data team close to the uh, security team. Make them, and you need a product that actually spans both of these uh, buying centers or organizational silos so that they can both see what's actually happening and enable each other. Usually in the absence of this, security tends to become the department of no. They start dragging their feet because they don't know what, what the other side is doing. So if any new tool comes along, like a, a company wants to buy uh, an XYZ uh, data store uh, or, or bring that product in, if security is told about it, usually they'll put uh, hurdles in um, uh, the acquisition process and so on and so forth. So uh, the best way to that, uh, do that is enable them, enable both teams so that they can do their jobs uh, more effectively. And what we've seen is bring both to the table, the data teams as well as security teams to the table, data teams because they understand what they're uh, trying to do, but uh, they may not know all the reasons why security, all the compliance things and so on and so forth, and then uh, uh, give them a single platform where they can both drive their use cases in and get the outcomes that they desire, as well as have audit and compliance uh, locked into the same uh, product so that they can see, yes, this did happen. And if this happened, what was the mitigations that we had and so on and so forth and go from there. So probability is there so that they can do their job better. Yeah. It's an evolving space. People are learning more. That's what I observe in the whole data space. So Navindra, clearly you are a master of data, um, given uh, given your pedigree and uh, certainly what you have assembled together from a Theome pers perspective. Um, we hope that our uh, listener base and anybody else for that matter uh, really takes, uh, takes heed to this kind of evolving data economy and perspective and uh, comes to look at Theome and see how Theome can actually map this out uh, in, in a way that we haven't seen out there and uh, and looking forward to those conversations both with yourself um, and 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 other clients and listeners at large. Uh, so anybody who has those questions, uh, thoughts, ideas, would like to uh, test drive Theom, please reach out to us or reach out to uh, Theom and uh, we look forward to uh, working with you. Navindra, thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Sadbir. Thank you, Darren. And we see ourselves as a security platform for the data economy. And you can reach out to us at sales at theom.ai uh, or like uh, Sadbir mentioned directly to them, uh, Sadbir or Darren, and they'll redirect. They know how to get hold to us, of us. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye.